The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Ab number 361 for Thursday, November 3rd, 2011. Welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in your questions, you send in your tips, we provide some answers, and together we all learn something new about the Mac and related products. Here from Universal... Uh, hang on one second, let me figure out where I am. Where are you? Universal City, California. I'm Dave Hamilton. Wow, Universal City, that, that's handy. Uh, here, <laughs> in Fearful, Connecticut, John F. Braun. So later today, I will be moving to Los Angeles, um, uh, uh, and I'm going to bring my keys and a chicken with me uh, in, in honor of Arlo Guthrie. But um, I was going to say, that's, that's an odd, yes. odd compliment to that's right. uh, uh, highlight. But uh, you're on the road, man. I am on the you're, road. You're, you're, you're just a globetrotter here over in California, huh? So, yeah. So when I left home, I'm here for the Mac Tech Conference uh, Yesterday and today, and then leaving, uh, as I said, leaving Universal City and moving to Los Angeles. It's only about 10 miles uh, this afternoon, heading to Blog World Expo. So, yeah, traveling. Uh, But, of course, the reason this show is late has nothing to do with me traveling. It has everything to do with the uh, major snowstorm we had that also knocked out power again throughout uh, a majority of of northern New England. And except fact, for me, except for John, of course. <laughs> uh, but I didn't. I didn't have power when I got on the plane on uh, Tuesday night. But but they but the trucks were working in the neighborhood, so I had a feeling we would get it back, and and we did while I was in the air. Um, yeah, you got to talk to these people, man. They don't they don't know who you are. They're not really giving you the love there, as far as getting your juice back. So yeah, well, we've never had our juice back. In fact, getting it back in three days this time and two days with Irene is faster than we've usually gotten it back. In the past, and we do have a, a generator. We have a portable generator which powers most of the house, the, certainly the essentials, which also includes the television. Uh, but uh, but what what we've had problems with these last two times is that cable has also gone out, which was not a certainty in previous power outages. And of course, with cable and a generator, I have perfect internet. Uh, what I also have is I have not one, not two, but three uh, different MiFi units. And in this last storm, uh, none of I couldn't get a decent connection from the house on any of them. And I think it's because a lot of cell towers went down. Oh yeah, the uh, from what I heard on the storm, and this this actually at least in Connecticut, this was worse than Irene. And I think the problem was that uh, yeah, with the leaves and all that, but a lot of trees went down, and I think uh, yeah, a lot of towers got damaged. Uh, again, I seem to be in a in a you know, I was even traveling. I, I was in, uh, you know, uh, Manhattan on Saturday, uh, going to the Photo Plus Expo. Found a few neat things there. You can see the articles on Mac Observer. But uh, cool. for me, it was just a slushy mess on the coast. But yeah, as soon as you got inland, it uh, it, it was bad, bad news. They were closing the highways, and uh, the trains were shut down, and it, they, yeah, it, it was it was worse than Irene for for a lot of people. I think there's still people in Connecticut that are that don't have their juice back yet. That's not good. But uh, and you lost something, Dave. I, I was I was saddened to hear you lost something. Uh, tell tell me what it is that I lost. So so first of all, I will apologize. So we are doing this mobily, uh, 
which means I'm recording on my MacBook Air using the uh, the Blue Yeti microphone. Uh, but it's the first time I've done – not only is it the first time I've done a podcast with this mobile setup, it is the first time we've done a podcast uh, on a machine running Lion, which was an interesting little thing because one of the magic little bits of technology – a piece of software that we use to help us link everything together called Soundflower does not work under Lion. So at midnight last night, I found some dude that had compiled a version for Lion, and uh, and we think it works. But but I will apologize for levels not being uh, as in sync as they probably usually are for us. But uh, you know, it's it, it is what it is. And and by golly, we're going to get this show out. So. By golly! So what? What? Uh, before we go on to Alan's question here and start this show, uh, <laughs> because we do have limited time, which which I think might lead into what you're about to tell me that I lost. What did I lose, John? Well, I, I believe you lost your IP address after all these years. Oh, yeah. Even though, uh, well, you mentioned that. Although, I think with pretty much any ISP, they they use DHCP, and typically, I mean, I I've had the same IP address for for years now because you know I don't really lose power uh that often i can't remember the last time i lost juice for any length of time but uh it's working the way it should and that you know your juice was out and when you came back to not that it it should really matter i mean if you're using something like a a dynamic uh dns system then you should be okay but i guess you noticed that no i I was just kind of tickled when you mentioned that you're like i lost my ip address Uh, yeah i i had never i mean i've had we've had outages that lasted more than a week before and uh and I've never lost my IP, but uh, but you know, like you said, I mean, it's just the way the system. It's not a great surprise. In fact, it's probably more of a surprise that I haven't lost it in the past. Uh, but uh, well, I think the way to solve it is to you know go to your neighbors and you know cut their power and uh, you and know, wait see three the, days and, because the lease and then cycle your power long. and see if you, see if you get it back. That's a, that sounds reasonable to me. Nah, nah. <laughs> trouble. All right, but anyways, yeah. Right. So enough about uh, Snowtober, as uh, Snowtober. some people have called. Oh my so, god! So uh, I want to talk a little bit about Mac Tech, but but let's let's see if we can't get into the flow of things here with uh, with Alan's question. So Alan says uh, he's on an early 2011 MacBook Pro with Lion, and uh, says he hasn't had any problems so far. He upgraded on day one, except for this. He says, uh, my finder has suddenly stopped playing the interface sounds, like the sound for moving a file to the trash, emptying the trash, copying a file, etc. Everything has just stopped, and I'm having a hard time finding the problem, much less a solution. The sounds were working perfectly until a week or two ago. I haven't installed anything in that time period except for the new App Store version of Growl, and I don't think that's the issue, but that's the only thing that I can think of that's changed, excluding software updates, of course, since the sounds stopped working. Just full disclosure. Everything else sound-wise on my Mac works as it always has, and the sound preference pane in system preferences is untouched, exactly the way it was before the problem, including the Play User Interface Sound Effects checkbox. I vaguely remember this being an issue on an older uh, episode, so I'm hoping this is a quick fix, but I just can't seem to find any answers online. All right, Alan, this is interesting. So, uh, and, and we've had a little bit of a back and forth with Alan on this, but, you know, when I first saw this, John, my, my thought process was well play user interface sound effects as we know check boxes and pretty much everything in the user interface especially system preferences uh really is just a a graphical way of changing a plist file which is either a text or a binary file uh saved on your mac right 
So my thought was, well, that file could very well be corrupted. And while the user interface shows a checkbox, perhaps the file, uh, plist file doesn't show that. So uh, in cases like this, my first thought is always toggle that checkbox. And so, you know, turn it off, quit system preferences, come back into system preferences, turn it on and, uh, and see if that worked. And it didn't. But another toggle did. Um, Alan happened to plug in a set of headphones, and everything worked. And then Alan unplugged that set of headphones, and everything still worked. So, uh, so the moral is toggle any – I think, and I think it was a damaged plist file, prob- probably damaged to that very same plist file. And by plugging in headphones, you move the output device from built-in speakers to built-in headphones. It's something that happens automatically. So by changing the output device, it rewrote that preference file and everything returned to normal. Um, if you go into system preferences and go into sound, sound effects has its own um, output device. It has a, you know, by default, it's set to selected sound output device, but it could be set to something else. And perhaps that was, uh, that was part of this too. Any thoughts, John? Always. <laughs> I'll even share some of them. Awesome. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that um, the headphone jack, and actually I ran into this uh, a little while ago. There was something different. Um, sometimes the, uh, the uh, a Wait, lot of you, the headphones... Are you about to share one of your patented left field answers? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. No, this is a, no, I think this is relevant. Oh, I know. But no, you mentioned the headphones jack, and actually I had this happen once when I was traveling, is all of a sudden I couldn't hear any sound. And then I noticed when I looked on the side of my Mac, the headphone jack was glowing red. And no, my machine was not burning up, but apparently there is a switch in there that switches it to optical audio mode. And apparently it was, it was messed up, and, and plugging something in and pulling it out didn't do it. I think I actually wound up putting a pen or a toothpick or something in there, and, and it unstuck it. So that's another reason that your Mac may, uh, from a hardware point of view, may get confused and think that it should be sending everything via optical audio interface. But yeah, the way you can tell is you'll see a glowing red light because it's trying to send it optically. And the other thought is that a lot of the sound settings are stored in the PRAM. I'm looking at the list of things stored in there right now. And speaker volume and the attention or beep sound is something that's uh, configured in the PRAM. So just a couple observations there. But, uh, I, but no, I, I'm with you. That, that, that's what happened. That, that's, uh, yeah. that's weird that it was a corrupted P list. But hey, it happens. It does. Uh, while we're talking about sound, uh, and of course, when you mentioned the little red light, um, I, I have a MacBook Pro at home that uh, that Lisa uses right now that is perpetually stuck in that mode, and nothing that we have done has uh, has been able to free it from Ooh. its shackles of, of that, which means she gets sound if she plugs headphones in, and of course, any USB audio device will create sound, but uh, but that's it, unfortunately, for uh, for that machine. The speakers do work because... When we reboot the machine, of course, the sound comes right out of them, no problem. Huh? Yeah. You may have to. You may have to go in there. And maybe, maybe replace that jack. I don't know. Yeah. Good luck. It's uh, hardwired to the motherboard. Oh well, come on. <laughs> uh, so our first sponsor Art? for today. Desolder that. <laughs> our, our first sponsor for today is Audio Engine at AudioEngineUSA.com. And I mentioned this uh, not only because we're talking about sound here, but because the uh, the sound on the MacBook Air that is 
is so weak. Um, and, and I really wish I had my, uh, my audio engine speakers with me. I just can't seem to get the sound on this thing loud enough. Uh, and if that's your problem too, then uh, you, like me, need the audio engine A2, or sorry, the audio engine 2 speakers, which are desktop speakers. And uh, while they might be a little large to fit in your carry-on along with your other stuff, they certainly would fit in your carry-on. And for $199, these are probably the best speakers I've ever found. These things are awesome. each it's two separate enclosures, and each enclosure has two speakers: a high-end little tweeter, and then a low-end speaker, and then they've also got a bass port in them. And the sound on these things, the fidelity is amazing. The audio engine guys are really—they're audiophiles, and they're crazy about it. Uh, they have engineered these to work well. Uh, not only do they work well with uh, uncompressed sound, uh, so you could play your CDs through them, or uh, or your turntable uh, would would sound great through these uh, if you're that much of a purist. But they've also engineered these so that when you play MP3s through them, the little idiosyncrasies that exist in MP3s uh, are sort of smoothed out and, uh, and things sound even better than they would uh, otherwise through other speakers. Again, these are the Audio Engine A2s. Uh, you can find out about them at AudioEngineUSA.com. It's $199, but for listeners of this podcast, M-G-G-T-E-N gets you 10% off. That's the coupon code you use, M-G-G-T-E-N, 10% off on a uh, on the purchase. You still get that 30-day free audition, which means if you, for whatever reason, decide that you, know, you do not want to keep these, send them back, and they will send you all of your money in return. AudioEngineUSA.com. And now let's talk about iPhoto. Uh, John, uh, uh, sorry, Jim writes... Since early September, whenever I plug my iPhone into the Mac, into my iMac, I'm having a problem with iPhoto. Uh, I click import all photos, usually several hundred. It chugs away at importing. The screen comes up and asks if I want to delete or keep the photos on the phone. It starts deleting photos. Before it finishes deleting, however, iPhoto crashes. It allows, only allows me to reopen or cancel iPhoto, no crash report to Apple. When I open iPhoto, no new events have been created, and my photos do not appear in the Photos tab. If I go to places, I can click on the city I took the photos and they show up, but only when found by places. Individual photos appear to have the correct date, and they appear in the correct iPhoto library, iPhoto folder based on the date. I took my problem to the Apple Store. They had me rebuild the iPhoto library. Open iPhoto while holding down the command and option key. A window appears allowing five options. They told me to go home and activate all the options and rebuild. Uh, it took many hours. My library is 38,000 photos and 1,300 videos, uh, 225 gigs of data. That did not solve the problem. What else can I do? John? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> Hi. Okay. So number one, um, I don't I'm, – I'm surprised at that piece of advice to select all of them. I would not do that. So I don't, I don't, uh, I disagree with that. I mean, there, okay. there are in that rebuild selection, five options. I wouldn't select all of them. If anything, I would select them in order. So yes, it'll take a while, but I think that's just asking for trouble because they, they kind of overlap and I don't think they're meant to all be selected at once. So that's the first thing I'd try. Um, the second thing you may want to make sure, I mean, there have been some updates to iPhoto. Uh, I don't know if this will do it for you. Uh, the latest one I think that I have is, uh, uh, 9.2.1 paren 628 close paren. 
So you may want to do that. But there's a third option. So uh, there's a fourth option. <laughs> so the other thing you could do as well is you don't necessarily have to use iPhoto to import your photos. You could use image capture. Image capture should uh, also uh, let you pull your photos off. and then the, So you'd have to take an extra step here. But you may want to try that. I mean, that would also help identify, you know, is it a is it a iPhoto problem or is it some other problem within your system? So uh, an image capture should recognize an, any camera and let you pull in the uh, the images, and then you could uh, drag them over to iPhoto and import them. Either, you know, do an import from one of the menus, or I think you just drag them onto the application, and it'll, uh, it'll import them all. Um, and I guess the other option here, so he was also mentioning that he's, uh, you know, has a couple of different libraries here. And I think managing manually, I mean, the, the iPhoto library is a package. I mean, you could certainly try to dig around in that package and, and bring things over from one to the other. But I, I think the best option would be to use this package that we've recommended before and gotten good feedback on. But iPhoto library manager is, uh, I think, the way to go if you, uh, if you want to do anything in any level of detail with, uh, with your iPhoto Library. That's true. So. I did. I did omit his final question, which was, "How do I merge content from two photo libraries, even if they have duplicate content in them?" And yeah, iPhoto Library Manage. I use that. Man, I use it religiously. In fact, I uh, I installed it on my iMac the other day, the new one, and had to do some stuff. And I know I've purchased this before. I know I have a serial number to it, but uh, but I just went and paid for it again. I was happy to uh, <laughs> to to support them. Fat cat software, I think. Yep, and actually, and a final thing. So, if you have duplicates, and you know, I've I've used this package before, but there is also a package uh, called Tidy Up, which I believe has a, a special photo duplicate photo detection mode. Um, and I think they have a demo as well, so you may want to uh, you may want to look at that as well. Uh, that that that's more for just general duplicates of of anything, um, including photos. I, I played these out of order because I in a very funky thing. So I'm going to go ahead and play John's question about photos too. We may have answered his question here, but uh, but this might spark a little discussion. So, Hi guys, a uh, question for you. I have a friend that has an iPod, or iPad I should say, and he's got the 64 gig just Wi-Fi iPad 2. When he thinks, if he thinks his uh, photos in iTunes, it creates duplicates on his Mac. Now, that's, Apple said you can't do anything about that. That's what happens. So, is there a workaround for that? And, of course, he's using iPhoto, and yes, John, he's not using Amateur, but that's what his call is. Number two, uh, when he, if he wants to upgrade to iOS 5, I think he's using 435 at this point, I'm not quite sure. If he does a encrypted backup, will the um, will his photos backup that he has on his iPad, and will they be du- duplicated again on his iMac? That's when he's doing a uh, um, a uh, encrypted backup. And by the way, guys, that was a good suggestion because uh, that does work quite well without having to enter passwords. Hope this makes sense. Um, Here's where you cut me off. All right. So uh, answering these in re- – well, yeah, we'll answer in reverse. Uh, the backup of an iDevice 
does not, to my knowledge, back up photos or uh, any of your media, your your music or videos or anything like that. Uh, it, mm. uh, assuming they're stored in Apple's default apps, I do not believe the backups store that stuff. The backups store your settings and all of your data for any – well, not all. Most – it used to be all, but with iOS 5 and iCloud, that's changing – um, most oh, of maybe it did because my experience. Remember, I had this uh, experience a while ago where I accidentally deleted a photo, and by doing a restore, it did come back. Right, but when you do a restore, the first thing it does is it restores from the backup, and then mm-hmm. when it when the phone comes back up, it resyncs from your computer to your device, and that pulled all of your photos back in. Right. <clears throat> um. Well, I guess we we got to be clear here. If it's the photos in the photo roll. It, it, okay. No, if it's photos that you sync, I mean, I mean, there are two. Oh, uh, yeah. So right. photos. So the camera, the camera roll gets backed up. Yes. The camera roll, in yes. my experience, gets backed up. But no, if you're, yeah. So, so there are two ways. There are two, at least two places, if not more, where you can have photos. Yeah. So, so to be right. clear, there's the camera roll, which my experience was that a restore will restore the photos in the camera roll. You're right. You're based right. on the last backup. But if you're syncing photos. Then yeah, that that's uh, that's content that's on the the computer. So that's okay. you're no, you're absolutely right, John. Thanks. Yep. So the camera roll does get backed up. So um, so yeah, yeah, and and that will get backed up whether it's an encrypted backup or not. Now this interesting thing about where Apple says that it's just a fact of life that things get duplicated when you sync with your device. Mm-hmm. That's horse hockey, in the words of <laughs> Colonel Potter. Uh, <laughs> I don't. If that's. I mean, come on. That we, the genius should have known this. That's not how Apple stuff works. It's not like, oh yeah, bull sorry. Well, yeah, bull pucky. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna need a grape knee high in a minute. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's not how it's supposed to work. So you might, you too, might have a corrupted iPhoto library, um, and and you know, creating a new one with iPhoto Library Manager might be the right way because that will extract from your old and populate the new. I, I would try – in fact, I would try the same things we discussed in, in Jim's question, which was go and do the rebuild. Well, actually, step that, if doing the rebuild is step number one, step number zero is create a backup uh, because you're going to be mucking about with a very convoluted library file. And if you convolute it in a bad way – more that was horrible english but i think you know what i mean uh then you're going to be in trouble and so back up then try those those options and uh when you hit command and option when you launch iphoto and if that doesn't work extract with iplm and uh and you're good to go Mm -hmm. yavo all right moving to alex and i and i sincerely hope that the sound is uh acceptable to all of you it's uh, we're in a weird spot because i don't get to hear exactly what you folks are hearing in fact i hear myself echoing constantly which is uh, really an interesting thing to uh, to get used to hi john and dave and pilot pete uh alex and berkeley with a quick iphone question uh related to a macbook issue that you guys have talked about i learned from you guys when i got my first macbook about draining the battery all the way down um in order to increase uh the battery uh life um and i was wondering uh do you guys take the same approach to your iphone um trying to occasionally drain the battery all the way down to the bottom uh and you know if you do uh how do you do that? And uh, if you don't, 
uh, I guess, why. Thanks a lot. Cut me off here. Yeah, you bet. So uh, I'm not sure what you do, John, but uh, with my iPhone, I do occasionally, especially with the 4S because it seems to drink battery juice like it's going out of style. Um, I, I, let the, uh, I do occasionally let the phone drain down just because that's how it's worked. But, you know, the, the reality is the best thing for the battery is exercise, and that's true of your MacBook's batteries or your iPhone's batteries or anything. And, and it, you know, in, in a general sense, keep the power flowing is sort of a uh, a good way to keep your battery in uh in good shape. Uh there are there are some other very nuanced things of that. If you do need to let it sit, letting it sit at like 60% is uh is the right thing, but that's very difficult to do if you're using the device. Um so with the iPhone because it's either in a state of charge, you know, it's very rare for us to leave our iPhones on our desks for months at a time plugged in and charging like we could do with a laptop. So in a general sense, the fact that you're just – it's a phone and it's mobile and you're using it and juice is constantly flowing in or out of the batteries, uh, you don't really have to worry about it like you do with a laptop that that for many of us has a tendency to remain uh, in you know effective stasis plugged right into the charger on our desk. John? I do what Apple tells me to do. Yes, you do. And you may be asking, where could you find where Apple tells you what to do with your iPhone battery? And I'm going to tell you, Dave, and anybody else who's listening, <laughs> www.apple.com slash batteries slash iPhone.html is where they tell you what to do. And at the very end of this page, where they tell you all about batteries, one thing they mention here is use iPhone regularly for proper maintenance of lithium-based batteries. It's important to keep the electrons in it moving, as you said, Dave. You've got to exercise. Yeah. Uh, be sure to go through at least one charge cycle per month, which to them means charging the battery to 100% and then completely running it down. And by completely running it down, and you, you, I, I think you'll see this. So, yeah, you, when it turns red, you know, keep, keep it on, keep it on, and eventually I think you'll, you'll see the little spinning wheel. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it'll just and, go down. And that's a full that's cycle. I, I, I th- and I think that accomplishes two things. So one, it exercises the battery. But number two, it helps calibrate it. Um, I think all lithium-ion batteries on, on any computer, not, not a, just, but almost any device, has a little uh, chip that kind of that, that tells it or helps it determine when it's at 100% and when it's at zero. And by exercising it, by going to the extremes, you're, you're going to help calibrate it so it can more effectively uh, give you a better estimate of how much battery life you have left. Uh, and, you know, I noticed, Dave, when I was traveling, so, so when I went to this uh, Photo Plus Expo, and I'll have to talk about some of the neat things I saw there, but, you know, I, so I was using uh, the 3G on my phone, and, you know, I, I was saying before where, you know, I was getting, a, you know, uh, sometimes I go a week on a battery charge, well... This year, when I was doing 3G data, you know, and I was tweeting and Instagramming and all that stuff, I think I got about a day. <laughs> and I was using quite a bit of data, too. I think I used about two to 300 uh, megs of uh, data in a day, with the, you know, because I was, had to entertain myself while I was on the train. Of but, course. Uh, yeah, but normal usage, you know, when I'm on Wi-Fi, you know, in the house here, or, yeah, I was just using it a lot more than I usually do. So, uh, so yeah, because I was surprised when you said, you know, and you know, I heard also on the 4S. You, have you heard about this? The uh, apparently location, or what is it? Time zone setting. Apparently, for some reason, they got a bug, and that apparently saps the battery on that thing. Actually, I, I will go so far, and and uh, our apologies for John's connection sounding like he's turning into Mister Roboto occasionally. There. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Um, 
I will go as far as to say that's an iOS 5 bug because I have seen that particular bug drain the battery mm. on my iPad 2 as well. So, but, but, but yes, the, the, the 4S is more susceptible to it, but I don't think that's the bug that is plaguing 4S owners. I think there's something deeper than that that, that is unique to the 4S. Huh. Yeah. All right, so, John, I have a... Uh, I have a question for you, and I did not prepare you for this. Whoa. So, this is no. This, you're, you're my you're my test here, and in fact, I'm I'm curious to see if you answer this question or this series of questions differently than the uh, every single other person that I've asked of this. But <laughs> okay. so, listen, listeners, bear with us because I learned an extremely valuable lesson recently that will be uh, relevant to every single person that listens to this show at some point uh, in the future. And you'll kick yourself uh, for not knowing it in the past. So, John, uh, very, very quickly, I, I, uh, let's say that you were tasked with buying a MacBook Pro today. Mm-hmm. Where would you go yeah. to buy that? Where would I go to buy a MacBook Pro? Yeah, very, very quickly. Where would you go? Uh, first place I'd probably check is the Apple Store and the Refurb. Okay. That, fair enough. And if they didn't have it, uh, don't overthink this. Just do what you would do. I'd probably check various uh, vendors. You know, uh, Mac Zone, Mac Connection. Mac, Let me ask you, you know, this: all those this, guys. this is where I'm going with this. Have you ever, in the last five years, any of the machines that you've bought that have not been refurbs? Have you ever bought them from anywhere other than the Apple Store? No. Okay. I was in the same boat as you. Uh, a long time ago, I used to buy from Mac Mall all the time. Uh, back in when I was yeah. in Austin during the because sometimes Columbus. they have deals, they throw in extra little goodies sometimes. So I, I that 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 was go. yeah, that was my feeling too. But every, but sometime in the last ten plus years, I got out of the mindset, and this is because Apple has really marketed. They've created the Apple stores. They've created Apple dot com to where the store you know you can buy online, um, and I got out of the mindset of buying from all these places. Uh, I'll share my little anecdote with you. Uh, as listeners to this podcast might remember, uh, a little while ago, uh, several weeks ago, I ordered um, five MacBook Airs uh, for various staff members here. And I um, I was looking for a deal on these things. And I was very happy to find a deal uh, from my, one of my local uh, vendors with whom I'm friendly, and they gave me 50 bucks off on, on each one because I was buying five. And I thought, well, that's great. I saved 250 bucks. That's awesome. Uh, at the, six weeks ago, almost seven weeks ago, uh, we at Backbeat Media started a advertising campaign for Mac Mall. Uh, I was very involved with this campaign uh, because the creative, frankly, was a little bit funky and we needed to work with them on it. And, uh, and then the landing page, which is the page to which uh, the ad clicks through, if you choose to click on it, uh, was also a little bit funky. So I was looking at these things and intimately involved. Uh, but all the stuff was created by Mac Mall. We weren't creating it, but we were looking at it. So I'd seen not only the ads, but the landing page many, many times before and after I ordered these MacBook Airs. On Friday, I was looking at the landing page again, and it hit me. Like, it, the landing page said $20 off for this, you know, $15 off. Like, oh, that, that's good, but I did better. And then it hit me. That's $20 off Mac Mall's price. I could have saved 100 
200 $250 on some of these machines just by ordering from Mac Mall. And I'm like, man, son of a gun. How come I didn't realize this before? And so I thought, am I the idiot here? And I went and asked. I asked at our TMO staff meeting. I've asked many members of the Mac media that I've met here at the show and that I polled you know, over the weekend. And every single one of them, you're the only one, John, and I, and, and I feel like you were, you were trying to anticipate me here. Uh, but you're the only one that even brought up the concept of buying from someone other than Apple. And I think you are probably unique. Uh, I think most of us have gotten into the habit of just buying direct from Apple. Uh, We're all unique. Yeah, that's true. But uh, but but I'm done with that because here's the you know I, I'll buy from Mac Mall. It's the same computer, same warranty, and and they're not paying me to say this. Although I, I did have a conversation with them on m- Monday, I guess, uh, explaining to them that they need to change their marketing because you know we write TMO for people like us, right? And, and if, if I'm the, the reader of TMO and I didn't know about this, that, that means there's, you know, half a million plus people that probably don't know about MacMall. But, uh, but I wanted to share this with you folks because I want you to be able to save money. So uh, this is not an advertisement. This is just Dave saying Dave's been an idiot for oh, the last 10 okay. years. Well, you know, th- things have changed, though, because uh, from what I recall, I never really saw a lot of price flexibility in the Mac market is that you go to these guys and if anything, you get five or 10 bucks off and then they throw in an extra goodie like a printer right. or, or a case or or, or something else. And, and that was that, that was the, that was uh, the extent now, of it. Now, now, there are a couple other things. Now, now, two other things, or actually three other things. And yeah, go. We'll move on here. Uh, number one, um, you may not know this. Well, you, you know this, but we've had it offered to us. But uh, uh, Apple employees get a friend and family discount. Sure. So if you know an Apple employee uh, or make friends with an Apple employee, you know, try to, try to be, you know, <laughs> don't just make friends with them to get a discount. Because they're they're all cool people. Um, another is that, and and I did this when I was you know working for a, a you know big faceless corporation. Um, the, there's an employee purchase program at a lot of companies, and and usually I think what you do is you go to store.apple.com/eppstore/company-name. Uh, check with your company. Your company may have a discount, and those give you a pretty good discount. And, and yep. the other one I think is uh, educational. Uh, and also, if you go to the education store, I think they also give a discount as well. So through Apple, um, y- you can get a, uh, a discount. But I think the best one is the, uh, the friends and, and family. I forget oh, what that's, percentage that, it that's is. Oh, that's 15%. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. 15%. But Apple employees so, uh, are limited to the number of machines they can buy with that each right. year. So here, but here's the thing. When I was uh, explaining this to the TMO staff, again, every, every one of them was shocked. Uh, but, uh, but Jeff Gamut had a really good point. He said, well, you know, Dave, we all buy custom-ordered machines. And in fact, that was true with every one of those MacBook Airs that I ordered. I wanted them all maxed out, which oh, meant to be a custom order. Oh, you're out order. of luck, right? So after the staff meeting, I called up Mac Mall, just, you know, whatever it is, 1-800-MAC-MALL, I guess. Uh, and I spoke to some dude named Larry, and I said, Larry, I want to order a custom machine. Am I out of luck? Do I? Can I do that with you? Uh, you know, he said. Well, what? Do, no, no, you're not out of luck at all. And he says, uh, What do you want to order? And I told him. I, I just, you know, I, I picked a MacBook Air and I maxed it out. And he says, Yeah, we can do that. In fact, we have that custom build in stock, and we can ship it out for free today. And we throw in a free copy of Parallels. And it was a hundred, a hundred and something dollars less than what I would have paid uh, if I went to Apple.com. 
So shame on all of us for not knowing this and for not sharing this, if you did know it, uh, for not sharing it with, uh, with all of us here. But, uh, but I wanted to correct that wrong as quickly as I could. So I'm very happy to have put this podcast together today because it's going to save us all a bunch of money. You know what? Actually, now that you mention it, I, I, I will tell you where I got my last machine. Now that, because you mentioned Parallels, Dave. Yeah. Because I actually got my Mini when I bought the Mini. And I think I got a few bucks off of what Apple charged uh, for retail, but I got it at B&H Photo. Mm-hmm. And they did throw in, yeah, now that you mention it, that's why it comes to me, and they threw in a copy of Parallels. Well, good for you. I have you. like multiple copies because I already have one because you know, right. they, 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 they love me. Right. Um, but yeah, B&H Photo, you would think B&H Photo, huh? But, but they're a large vendor, not just you know cameras and stuff, but, but also, uh, and you know, I think I got my first Apple, you know, now that I think back, I think when I got my Apple IIe, I'm pretty sure I got it from B&H Photo. They've been in business that long. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, so, so there you go. Uh, and who knows? You might be able to get some coupons out of Mac Mullets. Well, actually, I guess they don't do coupons. But, uh, so, so don't expect coupons. <laughs> Just go buy uh, from them. But also check – You know, th- this is a lesson to us. Check Amazon.com. They won't do custom builds there, at least not all custom build options. But, uh, but Amazon has deals on Macs. And um, as does you know, uh, there's I think there's Club Mac still exists, uh, if I'm not mistaken. One of the other ones does. Um, Mac Mac Connection I think is the one that uh, the other one that exists. So check them all, uh, but but don't necessarily feel like you're locked into Apple. It's the same machine made by the same dude in the same Taiwanese factory, same warranty, nothing's different. You know, sealed box. It's yours. It's just someone else sending it to you and charging you a little bit less. Uh, okay. Where are we here? We got to keep moving because nice got uh, So I, I, I'll talk a little bit more. We're running out of time, uh, but I'll I'll talk a little bit more about Mac Tech when we record next week's show. But uh, it is a very cool conference for anybody that's either a developer or an IT professional. Uh, but last night at midnight before I went to bed. I figured I'd plug everything in and make sure you know I had what I needed to record the show. And I had my microphone, but I did not have the right USB cable. So it was like 11.30. I wandered down to the hotel bar where there were still several Mac Tech people. And uh, some a bunch of people pointed me to uh, a gentleman who goes by Tan. And he, uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, man, I got that cable in my room. And so he, uh, he lent it to me. But I need to go return it to him and... I don't know, uh, 14 minutes here. So, uh, so we are on borrowed time, quite literally. But, uh, so anyway, uh, let's, let's answer Chad's question quick, and then maybe we'll do one more on top of that. Hello, John and Dave. Chad from the Mile High City calling. I have a question for you regarding migration assistance. Uh, I've got a, a MacBook Pro that I upgraded to. Oh, shoot. I broke it. You know, I tried to raise Chad's level, and I broke it. This is what happened before, John, with um, with this with this other thing. Let me uh, let me see what I can do here. Let me see, Chad. Hello, John and Dave. Chad from the Mile High City calling. I have a question for you regarding migration assistance. Uh, I've got a, a MacBook Pro that I upgraded to Lion, if you want to call it an upgrade. Uh, from Snow Leopard. Uh, it had been upgraded from Leopard to Snow Leopard. None of that was a clean install. Um, 
I'm having a number of problems, as you previously mentioned, with uh, Lion, and I'm thinking about just wiping the entire drive and installing Lion fresh. I do have an install CD that I made for it. My question is, if I clone my hard drive um, and then install Lion on it and use Migration Assistant to put all my uh, information back onto the machine, is that not going to just grab all corrupted junk that's potentially causing me problems and move it back over as well? Uh, I recently moved, so I don't really have easy access to all my install CDs uh, to put all my applications back on there. So I don't really want to go that route. Uh, I would like to use Migration Assistant, but I get the impression that the all the old preferences and input managers and stuff from applications I don't even have anymore are just going to get moved right back over again, uh, and I'm going to be right back where I am right now. With a okay, uh, just in the interest of time, we'll we'll move on. Uh, you're okay, based on my personal experience and that uh, that we've heard from other listeners. Doing it this way works okay. It seems to be stuff at the system level that gets migrated over uh, when you do – or that gets that gets included when you do the upgrade to Lion that is the root of, of all of these wacky little problems that, uh, that at least most of us have encountered with the, with the upgrade from Snow Leopard to Lion. Would, would you – did you have anything to add to that, John? Yes. Go. Well, when you use Migration Assistant, so, so the thing is Migration Assistant does offer you some level of granularity as far as what to bring over. So what you may want to do, and uh, for, from what I see here, and we'll link to it, Apple has uh, an article that tells you about this, and there are uh, four major choices that you're given. You're given a, a user's choice, applications, settings, and other files and folders and garbage. So I would <laughs> select just applications, and I think that will minimize bringing over any sort of cruft that uh, that comes with the. But but I, I agree with you, Dave. I, I believe they uh, they didn't thoroughly test. Uh, uh, yeah, th- there's there's cruft left over from Snow Leopard, or they they just don't they just don't don't do it properly because we've seen all these annoying little system level problems. Yep. So so I would say yeah, migration assistant just choose applications and. Uh, uh, and someone else has this question too. I mean, at worst, what may happen is some apps may ask for like, like I know someone asked Office, and it's like Office will ask for the key again. I think you know, and it keeps doing that on my computer, which really bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could write into uh, to the guys at Mac Geek Camp about that, John. Um, it keeps happening. I don't know what to do. Uh, I mean, when I when do, I move to the SSD, yeah. it asks, but it keeps asking every now and then. I, I don't know why. What you do is you email feedback at macgeekcamp.com. <laughs> do you think I should email feedback at com, Dave? Yeah, email feedback at com and see if you can get that brawn guy to answer your question. He, uh, he's been experiencing right. this too. So Yeah, all right. You could also call 206-666-GEEK, which John is. Oh, are we at the end? Uh, no, we're going to do a couple of cool stuff found, but I figured oh, this was as good an opportunity. I didn't hear the band. Oh, yeah, we, oh, that's me. right. We usually do the band while we're doing this, but we're not at the end yet. Oh, four, three, three, five. That's right. And you right? can read the show notes at MacGeekGab.com. Yeah. Yeah. You want me to keep going with yeah. this? Fine. All right. I got it all. Facebook.com slash MacGeekGab is where you can uh, <laughs> interact with us. Twitter.com slash MacGeekGab is the show. Slash John F. Braun is that guy that's making me do all this. Uh, slash Pilot Pete is the guy that's not here. <laughs> slash Mac Observer is the everything from TMO's RSS feed and more. 
and slash Dave Hamilton is me if you want to hear even more from me. Uh, speaking of me, I've got a thing to add to cool stuff found here, John. I, uh, I found an app called Mac Screen Rotate. It's five bucks, and it's built for someone that has a laptop. Um, really, like some, somebody like me with the 11-inch MacBook Air, this actually works pretty well. And it rotates your screen um, so that the uh, menu bar is on one of the, the short edges. And it's perfect for holding your MacBook Air and reading. If you put the Kindle app on this thing, it's actually really comfortable. And the mouse tracks just fine, and you can click. And it, it's, I was really surprised that, that, the, that the, the silly little thing actually worked. Um, and, and, and it was a totally smooth experience. So, uh, so, so there you go. So that's, that's my addition to Cool Stuff Found today. Huh. We have one from Will. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I, th- I thought that was uh, – oh, no, I think on, on desktop machines. Because if I look at displays on my uh, – yeah, on my mini here, there's a rotation setting. But I guess maybe that's just certain – External uh, or third-party monitor. Chipsets. Yeah. Or ex- oh. external monitor, yes. With, uh, but with an internal monitor, either in an iMac or a, a MacBook uh, Air, you do not have that option. Right. But, but I, my guess is that's what the developer of this app figured out, is how to tap into that and, and just enable it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A couple of things about Google searches. Uh, Will wrote in, and then I have a cool one to add. Uh, Will wrote in, uh, you're all probably aware of this, but you uh, may want to share it on the show anyway, which is great. Uh, it can make your Google searches a bit more efficient, especially when needing to in, enact Google foo. Uh, Google allows you to do a lot of various things, like adding a plus sign before a word forces it to only show websites with that word on it. Conversely, a minus sign will remove any sites with that word. Speech marks will only show something matching the whole term in that order, uh, meaning inside quotations. Uh, an asterisk will fill in the blanks. So, uh, you know, Isaac... Star discovered gravity, and it would fill in the blanks there. Uh, you could search a site specifically. So if you wanted to search, uh, say, Mac Observer, well, you'd use our search engine, which is built into our site. But if you wanted to search it with Google, you'd type in your search term, hit space, and then site colon MacObserver.com will only show results from MacObserver.com. And there's a link, google.com slash support slash web search, which explains a lot of these things. But John... There's something even better, and I don't know why I don't have this in here. Uh, maybe it was a premium listener that, that suggested it, but I'm going to throw it into to the show here anyway, even if I have it queued up for our next premium show. Uh, if you search Google for IP, it will tell you your public IP address. So you don't have to go to whatismyip.com anymore. You can just search Google for IP, and it will tell you what your public IP address is. Huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, you know what happened? What? Mine changed, too. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I just looked here. What the heck? That's oh my gosh. awesome. Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, in a whole different range, too. <laughs> wow, that's weird. What was my IP before? Oh, this is bizarre. Yeah, look at that. Oh gosh! That's... These guys must have gotten a whole new IP range here, huh? Oh man, I miss my old IP. I don't even remember what it was. I think I had like one 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 in it, but this one, huh? All right, uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up because I have to get down to breakfast and I have to return Tan's cable back to him. Uh, this show, 
I was going to mention this at the beginning. Uh, we're not going to convert this one to AAC because it's been delayed so much in getting it out anyway. So, uh, so that's why you have not seen chapters or anything in this show. But, uh, but we will thank Michael Johnston for all of his hard work when we do send him the show to have him convert it. We're just not going to send it to him this time so that we can get it out. Uh, Cashfly.com provides all the bandwidth. The podcast marketplace includes, of course, the A2 desktop speakers from Audio Engine, BB Edit from Barebone Software, Text Expander from Smile, and uh, Gazelle at gazelle.com to sell all your old electronic devices. All through Backbeat Media. I think that's it, John. Let me, uh, I don't know if I'm going to make this work. Let's see. I've got to crank that. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Is this going to work? Hey. They can't hit the right button. I think so. i got to be careful. If I crank the volume too much, it starts getting this digital breakup. Clearly, the mobile podcasting rig needs to be tweaked. But that's okay. We made it, I think. I hope. <laughs> Have a great one. And uh, don't get caught.